Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Queen is Dead. Today, I have Amartya with me and unfortunately, Dhruv and uh, Sanjeev couldn't be on the pod because Dhruv hasn't watched. He's one of the few people that hasn't, who hasn't watched uh, the final season of Succession yet. And of course, it's already been spoiled for him. And Sanjeev is busy uh, somewhere in Germany. So uh, we'll be talking about the final season and mainly about the finale of uh, Succession, one of the most highly regarded and critically acclaimed shows of our times. I feel knocked out. I didn't sleep. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm fine. I just didn't see it coming. For some of us, it's a sad day, but for others, it's Coronation Demolition Derby. Hey, guys. Hi. It's great that we can all, the family, can support each other and stay strong through this. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. I'm sad. Mm. And just thinking about how things will shake down. There is a phrase called the water cooler show, right? The whole world talks about that show. That is a combination of compelling storylines as well as a weekly engagement with the show because you hmm. need the engagement of the show to be drawn out right for exactly. months on it. Hmm. it's basically like hanging out with your own fictional friends on a very casual exactly. right weekly i would say i and would say yeah i, I would say that's... yeah except i would say hmm. yeah except game of thrones world and succession world are exactly very friendly but okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that succession it always had this uh, possibility of going on for far too long right because if you look at the structure of succession we already know from the get-go even the creators have been very vocal about this that these characters are fundamentally they are never going to change they are inhibit they are like incapable of changing themselves right mm -hmm. morally ethically whatever because they have been raised as Masha says to Shiv in one of the earlier seasons of succession right that you he just made you referring to Logan obviously that he just made you a playground and that just became your entire world something along those lines exactly. so we already know from the get-go that these people the Roy kids the Roy siblings aren't going to change but what I, I'll cite I'll does, cite I will also but, cite a real life mm -hmm. example because mm -hmm. Succession never references COVID. Exactly. Like even with season three, we knew yeah. that we knew what all uh, production troubles the entire team went through. But yeah. it was because, just handled so yeah. Yeah, because that mm. was the whole point. These people are so rich. It's anyways even not a pandemic, going to even yeah, a pandemic is not, not going to touch them. It's it's basically like that one scene in the penultimate episode, Church and State of the final season, where yeah. they are sitting in their limo, okay, heading to their father's funeral, and there's this massive erupting protest outside because of whatever fascist leader that they are basically given the election, right? Given mm -hmm. it away. And there's this uh, massive erupting protest out outside, and one of those protesters, some of those protesters hit the window of their limo. And their only reaction to that, the only inconvenience that they would ever face probably for what, what they did a night before, a night previously, is just that startling to reality. Ki, oh no, oh, what happened? Am I okay? That's just, it's just sad. It's mm. just lasted for like five, ten seconds. Then they're okay. Mm. Because mm. they know it. That it's not going to touch them. And that's what the show does so brilliantly, especially... Uh, Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, that he knows that 
the audience also acknowledges that these characters aren't going to change. So what he does so brilliantly is that he constantly keeps changing the circumstances around the characters, mm. right? Mm. But it's always going to be a kind of show that you you can expect it to go on forever because politics keeps on going forever. Business is always going to go on. But then deciding and willing to choose, willing to end your show at the right time when it when it is at its prime, right? Mm. I think that requires another level of like... That because guts. Yeah, that because guts. Exactly. It's like acknowledging your audience and having that artistic integrity and uh, Armstrong has told I, I, if I'm not wrong that after this show I'll just go and <laughs> hibernate and just go in some hiding and be with myself for a while and obviously recently Jesse Armstrong uh, said this and uh, who's who plays Kendall Roy oh god Jeremy Strong Jeremy Strong, right? Huh? So I said it right, yeah. Jeremy Strong also said this that for a year I'm just <laughs> going to go away somewhere. And after that, he's apparently coming up with some Broadway play. So I think it's a testament to how great this show is. And let's just get to the third episode, which basically, as we had talked earlier, is basically the inciting incident of spoilers, but uh, Logan's death. And what did you think of how what did you think of the way it was played in the show? That episode affected me so much. I wrote an essay in 20 minutes. Mm. Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not even remotely kidding. Mm. Uh, that essay does two things. Number one, mm. it humanizes some of the most horrible people we have ever seen to screen. Mm-hmm. Because even these horrible, completely ruthless people mm. who don't have a shred of empathy in their body even these people can experience loss. Mm. Even these people are so lost. And the loss is felt especially by these kids because mm. each and every one of their decisions, each and every one of their choices is mm. informed by the mm. trauma they have faced on while growing up with Logan Roy. Their mm. father had informed every single bit of their choice to the extent that I don't think they can even identify which choice is their original choice anymore. Mm-hmm. so by putting Logan off the board mm-hmm. you immediately introduce a conflict which should have happened ages ago it was yeah. teased in the first episode itself in the titles of the show itself yeah it was yeah. teased in the first episode itself Yeah. but you remove him and you remove him at such a pivotal moment and now mm-hmm. now the question arises mm-hmm. what are these kids going to do Mm-hmm. Because that lifeline is gone. Now these yeah. kids have two. Op- now these kids have two options. Either they continue to respond to the respond to the trauma of growing up with Logan Roy and mm-hmm. acting on douchey, perhaps even more douchey, mm-hmm. or they can become self aware about it and they can mm-hmm. try to go in a new direction, or they can get out of it altogether. Do anything different. Mm-hmm. The problem is twofold. And that is the tragedy of the, all of these characters. Mm-hmm. None of these characters can ever get out of the vicious cycles. Yeah. The only way Logan Roy ever got out of his vicious cycle, because Logan Roy, I'm going to bring a Godfather 2 reference here. Mm-hmm. Logan Roy is Hyman Roth. Mm-hmm. If, you remember, if you remember who Hyman Roth is, Hyman mm-hmm. Roth was 
kind of sort of Michael Corleone's mentor in Cuba when mm. Michael Corleone was going to expand his business empire into Cuba. Okay. Hyman Roth mm. wanted Michael Corleone to, you know, kind of sort of take over his business mm. after he dies. Mm. The problem with Michael, the problem with Hyman Roth is the same mm. problem which Logan Roy faces. Mm. Is Hyman Roth thinks that he's going to live forever. Mm. That's why he's going to play the game, each and every game, every time, so that he always comes out on top. Mm. Even though he wants a successor, he still thinks that all of his decisions will ultimately matter because he's the only one who is the boss. Mm. Logan Roy has the same issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is compounded because Logan Roy states emphatically in the mm -hmm. last in season two's last episode two last scene mm -hmm. that you are not serious people. Exactly. Yeah. That is the one line that is going to reverberate throughout the season. Mm -hmm. They are not serious mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. They are not mm -hmm. serious people because they only know how to imitate their father. They each and every choices they make is decided on what would dad do. And how do they now seek for his validation from beyond the grave, right? From beyond the grave, yeah. Yeah. What would dad do? That is the only point. What would mm -hmm. dad do? Mm -hmm. Now that your dad is gone, mm -hmm. what do you think your dad is going to do? You don't know that. And right? no matter how much they don't want to realize it yet, there's always a more grounded, a more human character like say Jerry. Or whoever who would bring that up, right? In exactly. like private with Roman or say Kendall. Hmm. Yeah, that what would your father do? Would he do? But the none same of way? these characters, but even even the subordinate characters, they are not even grounded. That is hmm. the bigger issue here hmm. for these characters. I'm saying issue. We hmm. shouldn't be empathizing with these characters in the first place. Exactly. But I think what you said that Logan was always going to. Uh, was always ruthless and he always thought that uh, he was going to be very extremely invincible. I think the show humanizes, starts humanizing Logan right from the first episode of the final season, the fourth season itself. Yes, yes. When those, con those contact, that goddamn conversation at that uh, resto bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, diner, with, yeah. His, uh, with his bodyguard at the diner. It's, it, it's, it shows signs of a man that is beginning to comprehend his um his it's he's beginning to see that whatever he thought that life is this that i am always going to be untouched by death or anything because i have this certain power and money that facade is starting to cripple a bit and yeah. even in the episode where the last conversation that they have uh, uh the kids and uh, their father i think it's at a this uh or something karaoke bar right so after that, even when he's outside walking, he looks at some, uh, I think, uh, he looks at someone and he just utters something to uh, Marcia. No, what, what was uh, the name of his girlfriend? Kerry, I think Kerry. Kerry, Kerry, yeah. yeah. So he says something to her that, why are all these people here? It, it, uh, it makes me feel sick or something like that. I think this just him acknowledging other people around the street like that, it in itself showed a sign of a man at the at at his uh, in his late stage where he was beginning to see that maybe i am not maybe i am vulnerable to these external changes and 
I think this is my uh, theory that I think that's precisely why he went ahead with the Gojo deal because he did not want any of his kids or anyone to screw up his legacy. I think that in itself shows says a lot about Logan as a character, as the giant megalomaniac head of head of this uh, media conglomerate that he built, this business empire that he built. <coughs> Fox News. <And>, <laughs> And again, you brought you bring that up, and it's so timely because it's so brilliant it's, what these writers have done. It's coincidentally hilarious, also the real world. It is, exactly, is so overlapping. It's so overlapping, and it's so brilliant how the creators and the writers incorporate the entire Fox Dominion lawsuit debacle that's been happening lately into this narrative, while also. Even in the last episode, it's just been hinted at that maybe Menken won't win. Maybe because of what's going on in the Wisconsin courts and all these court orders, maybe it's not definite that he would win. But the damage has already been done. It also echoes what happened in 2020, right, in America. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's the creator saying that even if he doesn't win, it's already been done. The damage has already been done. And these kids, the very fact that they went ahead with this uh, extremely unethical thing, that in itself should scare you. <laughs> and the entire looming threat of the Swedes, the outsiders, quote-unquote, outsiders coming over and having this puppet regime or a puppet guy uh, install him in power and just pull all the strings. I think that is saying something very telling about a superpower that yeah, I think yeah, that's like, a... yeah. I think I think you can fill in the gaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get too explicit about whatever. Yeah, you can fill all. in the gaps. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the brilliance of the show. And even in the uh, penultimate episode, Church and State, the entire the the way that the entire uh, eulogy is handled, right? And I think one uh, of the, the episode. Ways, the, I think the, one of the bigger ways in which hmm. you know. Uh, Logan was humanized, quote unquote. Mm. His his older brother Ewan's speech, explaining how they Precisely, were yeah. how they were raised. Yeah, and how he always always carried this guilt of bringing polio with him, and probably as a result of which uh, his sister died. Right. Yeah, which also mm. which also makes you remind remember one mm. remember uh, Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Uh, in Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Jordan Belfort, played mm. by Leonardo DiCaprio, in mm. a hugely entertaining macho speech to his, you know, mm. subordinates in the office, mm. he mm. says, screaming, mm. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I mm. will choose to be a rich man every effing time. Mm. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because unless you have seen poverty from close mm-hmm. you won't understand the hard scrabble nature of actually trying to hold capitalism in a vice exactly. logan roy was always in a unique position in which he actually commanded power mm-hmm. of course he was never going to let it go mm-hmm. why do you think he says to his kids that they are not serious people again i'm not supporting logan roy he was mm-hmm. a monster his mm. kids are also monsters. But he was great at being the monster. Yeah, he was great at being yeah. the monster. And his kids are monsters with no groundings of their own. With mm. no groundings of their own. Yeah. Because they have... I'm, it's so ironic. It's so ironic 
that when Kendall says that I'm the cog in the wheel, he doesn't realize that he's the cog in the wheel that his father made him. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's so, <laughs> yeah. He's the cog in the wheel. Hmm. He thinks that he can only be this. Yeah. He can never be something else. Hmm. The tragedy is he never, you know, got time to think about whether he could be something else. Yeah. That and is we have the seen, tragedy. We have seen how water has always acted like a source of pervasive like symbolism throughout Kendall's arc, right? I mean, I don't think there's ever been an arc. We already knew that his character would end up facing this ultimate tragedy. But the way the water the way that entire water symbolism has been used, even in the end, the last frame, the last shot of succession, even that implies that maybe it's up to you. Is it going to be now a sign of his impending doom or is it going to be his savior like is he, is he going to spiritually save himself and I think the biggest tragedy of succession and especially of Kendall's ca entire character arc lies in how for him the tragedy is that he couldn't become his uh, father and he couldn't embrace whatever his father's legacy did and he couldn't step in into the same position for long but we as a viewer because we are not in that playground that Logan Roy built for his kids because we have this oversight view because we're looking at that playground from way above we have that eagle's eye view that's why we know that actually the tragedy of succession is that he can't see through it that even though he is the one out of all the Roy kids out of everyone who truly understands who truly knows how evil Logan Roy was he still wants to change it and that's the biggest tragedy of succession and I think Again, I'm, I know it's, probably I'm stretching this for too long, but Succession as a show, we have been so used to watching cinematic shows in recent years because of this inevitable overlap that's happening, that's been happening between television and movies, right? Between cinema because of these, the budgets, we know how budgets of a lot of these uh, contemporary TV shows are, right? So it's so inevitable for fans and for the TV audience to expect something cinematic out of TV shows as well. What Whatever we saw with the entire uh, fandom of Game of Thrones and whatever happened since that, right? All the Marvel stepping in into the same game and DC and whatever. So since that, people expect tuning into their TV and even while watching TV, they want to, you know, be delighted by that visual grand spectacle but succession always promised that it is always going to stick committed to this episodic uh, narrative arc of uh, what television is right and it makes the most cinematic moment out of just people passing through cabins and writing like letters to each other whatever calling each other through cabins and shouting it's it's so brilliant and I think the entire the final season and especially the finale, I think it truly solidifies its place as one of the best television shows in recent history at least. I think I think one of the reasons why, because sticking the landing is very tough. Hmm. I think succession sticks the landing because it doesn't try to be anything it isn't. Exactly, yeah. One of the reasons why I'm also comparing it to The Sopranos is because mm. I think The Sopranos and Succession is very similar. Mm. Sopranos also used to be a show which is very anti-climactic. Yeah. Every show 
every show promised its climax in the final final episode of the final season right mm. sopranos was one of the first in, like in the second season soprano killed off its main villains within the sixth episode mm. they just killed him off mm-hmm. because that's the whole point of the anti climax mm. sopranos kills the main villain off and then he's mm. then the show is exploring the fallout mm. Sopran the finale of Sopranos is one of the most talked about finales of all time because mm-hmm. it just ends. Mm-hmm. It just ends. Mm-hmm. Tony Soprano Tony Soprano is having coffee with his family. Mm-hmm. He they are talking they in a cafe. Tony is sipping the coffee. He looks mm-hmm. up. This is the door open. He looks up and then the screen fades to black. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the end. and i think that's why people the way these great shows toy with our tv brains by when kendall goes up the elevator right when he enters the elevator a lesser show <laughs> would make you expect that probably he's going to the terrace because we've always had these sceneries of kendall either uh, being in water in water bodies or uh, heading heading straight up to the balconies or whatever terrace mm-hmm. so as a lesser show would expect you to you know have a big dramatic moment like oh he is going to jump off the building or whatever but then it just jesse armstrong even grounds that moment by having this random employee enter the elevator and then it shuts off it's so it's played so matter of factly and yet it is so it makes you feel so emotional and i think even it's easy it's always easy to kill off your characters okay but making them live through whatever they have done and that's precisely why one of my my favorite tv show endings is better call saul i think that finale affected me even more than breaking bad's finale and it's precisely this choice of letting your central protagonist who your audience knows it is very ethically morally wrong and not a good person kendall even though majority of people like succession viewers root for kendall right from the get go we somehow somewhere realize that he is not a good person he literally killed off a person and in the last final episode he admits that oh no it didn't happen no and because he falls right echo, because echo, he falls echoing his father's own words and no real person involved yeah no because person. he falls because he falls that's the whole problem with kendall right he hmm. falls he falls under pressure Yeah. That happens. That happens in the America Decides episode as well. Mm-hmm. When when given the choice to select whether to they make should a go choice. with Menken, yeah, make whether, whether should go with Menken or whether mm-hmm. they should not, he falls. He sits yeah. down. He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That that has always been Kendall's Achilles' heel. Mm-hmm. But also there is a thing that succession has never been about fan mm-hmm. service. The exactly. finale, though. The finale, though. was mm. almost teasing us from the get go that maybe it is going to be like fan service because mm-hmm. all the siblings come together oh god that entire yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sheep yeah. sheep comes to know sheep comes mm. to know that manson mm. is you know pushing her out manson mm-hmm. is installing a new american ceo mm-hmm. and sheep and kendall uh, sheep and roman finally mm-hmm. decide that Kendall is more of the necessary evil in this scenario because if they mm. choose Kendall, mm. because of his history experience, yeah, yeah. Mm. if they choose Kendall, they can mm. at, they can at least keep the company within their own mm. within within their uh, within the house. Mm. 
so to speak mm. so that is the only way and then we see uh, you know i don't know heartwarming cringy and heartwarming moment of the siblings actually bonding Yeah, and, and even him, again, again, anointing see, him, succession. anointing him, anointing him with a dear Lord, what a bad move! You do realize that, uh, uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Strong, Strong actually. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. Of course, I'm not surprised, but still, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that what Succession has always done, right from the get go, what it has handled and executed so brilliantly, that it has a stripped off uh, this balance of. kind of being sitcomy but also being a satire and a tragedy like a like an actual prestige drama and even the final episode that's precisely why i say that it upheld and further cements its place as one of the great shows of our time because even in that little moment where there are we all we see all those uh, all three siblings together bonding and then they talk have this little chat with their mother and then they are obviously uh, making fun of her or whatever but even in that little moment it is almost nodding to this sitcomy aspect of the entire show right mm-hmm. and you know as the audience because nothing could on code and code good last for long in succession you know seeing watching that scene that oh no is this is the show again toying with my tv yes. expectations or is it you're setting us really up really the exactly and the moment as a like a careful viewer the moment you see can take that dive you know it's <laughs> it's not going to end very well <laughs> and also also yeah. the fact that you know when tom comes and tells shiv that oh yeah he's the c he's mm. the one who is going to be the ceo mm. and shiv being angry mm-hmm. you know for a fact that's that is the moment that things are going to go quote and quote mm-hmm. wrong yeah because shiv as a character i strongly mm-hmm. believe that shiv as a character is far more indecisive than even the even the other two of them mm-hmm. you know she thinks herself smart i think i even i wrote it that she mm-hmm. thinks herself that she is the shark mm-hmm. it was in a ocean full of sharks she thinks so she is also a shark mm. but actually actually she's a minnow mm. she's just a salmon mm-hmm. you know so that's what she is mm. at the end of the day there are lots of people who are questioning that during the board meeting in the vote mm. why did shivroy mm. choose against kendall mm. there are people who are saying that you know shivra chose against kendall because she knows for a fact that kendall could not be able to handle it it's not you, just that you so, really think exactly, you really yeah. think <laughs> that woman is that <laughs> altruistic that she's actually thinking about her brother's well-being are you yeah. serious <laughs> that woman and <laughs> the fact couldn't stand the fact yeah that kendall roy actually has a legitimate shot at getting getting the throne yeah number 1 number 2 mm-hmm. this is also a woman who has mm-hmm. kept it a secret throughout the season that she is she is pregnant yeah she only chose to divulge that in the 8th episode to talk mm-hmm. and in the 9th episode mm-hmm. to her brothers mm-hmm. before that nobody knew yeah so even within that moment mm-hmm. when given a choice she hmm. chooses to look after her own so yeah. she chooses hmm. to become a quote unquote king maker hmm. a subordinate to the king hmm. 
who finally becomes the king simply mm. by simply simply because of her installation she mm. didn't need to but she actually forced matson to reconsider mm. and so again she, leaving her at a man's mercy yeah distance here mm. which is like hilariously hilarious yeah so and that's the the reason uh, i think the biggest reason why she considers herself to be a shark swimming in an ocean is because she has been fundamentally wired this way of redirecting her aims and being this indecisive person because she's always been thrown off by these powerful men at top and she's always left stumbling for pieces right because whenever logan promised her the position of the ceo she knew that she she deserved it more than probably kendall or roman but then again just by with the virtue of being again woman, the quote unquote again the quote unquote factor is she knew yeah none of them are capable you realize <laughs> of course and that's what i think brilliantly the show brilliantly acknowledges that and seeing roman <laughs> reinforce that and him being the person who reinforces that because he himself the penultimate episode literally starts with roman being on top yes. <laughs> of his house penthouse or whatever it was and practicing his eulogy speech that apparently he thought that would go very well and he would like move if this was if this was everyone and then the episode literally ending with him in the ground with yes. almost a stampede like situation because he is the only one who has went through some semblance of a character arc out of these three stupid siblings he's the one who acknowledges that it was bullshit that yeah, acknowledges that, that in the that, 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 that meltdown he that yeah, meltdown he acknowledges exactly. this is all bullshit you are bullshit we are bullshit i am bullshit <laughs> everybody is bullshit and i'm like not exactly eloquent but okay yeah we get your point <laughs> took you four seasons but you get you got it yeah and the scene candle sit like that down and it's you you realize by the way or have did you see that vanity fair or mark my lord very breaks down the third episode no 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 i haven't seen so it. in that he says that the entire scene where uh, candle goes on searching uh, his sister to inform her about her dad's mm-hmm. uh, news right that entire scene was actually improvised and uh jeremy strong was actually he didn't know where sarah smith was and he was actually finding her like that roaming around the cruise and it's so brilliant the way the entire cast and crew of succession always knew how to collaborate it's because television unlike unlike a film it is a creative process it is always going to be a creators there's always going to be a creator stronghold over it but it is a much more collaborative process and i think it is i mean this entire show was freaking shot on film <laughs> i can't yeah. comprehend that how often are we going to see that anymore <laughs> the i think if we get back to the finale for even a second right because mm-hmm. there are couple of characters we need to talk and then we need to finally talk what the end actually means mm-hmm. because tom the character mm-hmm. of tom mm-hmm. the character of tom always will elicit out of us mm. two simultaneous feelings mm. we will root for tom we will also feel disgust at him mm. because mm. he is a person who doesn't belong in this family right he mm. he's the outsider mm. but he also shows 
that hmm. to get power he's ready to get inside the mud as hmm. much as them hmm. just to prove that he's loyal hmm. so there is like if if people are asked if people want to compare we which of them has the least spine out of the two of them whether it is tom or greg i mm. think that's a hard question to answer which of them has the least spine because both mm. of them are pretty spineless mm. so i think if people are and this is also so weird but that tom, people are the... looking at people are looking at succession like mm. it's a competition and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like you people did it's not all about power dynamics Yeah. You people did not learn anything by watching Game of Thrones, mm, right? The mm. throne was not the point. The throne got fucking melted. Yeah. The throne was never the point. Mm. So, yeah. So Tom winning isn't actually it winning. It's not a decisive victory. Exactly because it is so clearly uh, implied that he is just going to be a puppet for Madsen and. again the it's it's so the more i have thought about the more i mulled over the last episode the more i appreciated it and it it is funny because i already loved it the moment it ended but still i just keep uh, having more appreciation for it because that in that moment where at the start of the episode shiv implies to maxson that uh, maybe she wants to have tom uh, some position right so she just implies that uh, he can do whatever you want you know he's just a puppet so he is very irrelevant he's just a cog it won't really matter i'm pretty sure the, i'm pretty sure the way she worded it was part more explicit but yeah <laughs> and the way the way matson turns that against her by literally replacing her with her husband it's it's so I distinctly the, remember. The, the, I distinctly the remember reply. the phrase. I distinctly remember the phrase. Instead of the baby mama, I will hire the man who put the baby inside. Like, and again, Christ. it's so fantastic that even with all these power dynamics unrolling, the show is already implying the ship, like Shiv's pregnancy, is already acting as an impending doom. Doom of another tragedy in the name of succession that is already under underway. It's already starting to see its reverberations uh, in this uh, in in Vesta Royko, right? Because basically, one of the other reasons why Shiv chooses to be this kingmaker is because she knows that my son, my daughter, whatever he or she is going to be next in the line, <laughs> and she's also securing her legacy, her heritage because of this, and that's why it is it's so brilliant because. it works on all levels all these character moments all these little nuance moments that you have it all makes very as you mentioned in after the third episode right that natural progression of storytelling this show understands that like no other contemporary show in my opinion because even if you look at tom's character arc right right from the get go he knew when to take the right step he knew what makes these people around him vulnerable he knew when to step in and do whatever he wanted to do to secure his own position he confessed to marry he he proposed to shiv during when uh, his when her father was admitted and when he saw that she's vulnerable she's in a emotionally vulnerable spot that's where he proposed to her and the moment he saw this opportunity that shiv might be the promised heir that logan has had this conversation with shiv that he might be you know uh, putting her in this position of uh, being the next ceo the moment uh, tom recognizes this 
he starts supporting Shiv like he never did before. And he starts supporting every decision that she makes. And after that, the moment he sees vulnerability in Shiv, what does he do? He betrays her wife he without a flinch yeah. and goes to Logan, right? <laughs> At the end yeah. of season three. It's it's because because he has been so loyal and replaceable, quote-unquote replaceable, and very vigilant about what... Just being a very, you know, noble guy. Not a noble guy, but someone who do get the things done. Okay, without being a headache for anyone at the top. Just because of that, it made sense for him to become the CEO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, I think we I think we are covering it. I think we have covered most of it, right? So mm. if you are going to wrap this up, mm. I think one of the key moment, key things to take away from this finale is very simple. Mm. If this is a if this was a lesser show. Mm. There are ample amounts of way this show can continue. I can guarantee. Because, exactly. Yeah. Because as I said, business and politics, it's always going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is inevitably going to be a conflict between Tom and Maxon, which could be mm. explored. Mm. Kendall is now alone. Kendall can go. Kendall can Kendall is going to regroup. Kendall is going to mm. do something or the other. Kendall is going to partner with Stewie. Mm. He's going to do something. To mm. get back again, because according to him, he's the eldest boy. He's the only one who can do this. Which, mm. by the way, that meltdown was hilarious. But mm. yeah, so he, he's the eldest. <laughs> and boy him and, and him doing literally whatever his abusive father did to Roman, right? Yes, abusing exactly. him physically and yeah. saying that was very yeah. Yeah, it's it's generational trauma and gen- mm. cyclic and the cyclic and the cyclical violence basically. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is. Mm. So. If it is a lesser show, mm. there are ample ways to continue. Yeah. It can go on and on and on. Mm. And what does Jesse Armstrong do? Jesse Armstrong just looks at you, takes your hand, mm. and just says to you, that's enough of it. Yeah. We have done enough. Mm. We have seen enough. Mm. Now we can walk away. Mm-hmm. Because these people, mm. they have changed all they can. Mm. We don't need to see it anymore. Yeah. We are done. I am done. Mm. Yeah. Because said, even after a point, I think it was in season three where I, uh, at a point I realized that how often are we going to see these characters being put in this, like, not same, but similar situations, right? Because after a point, Succession, Succession has had this thing that all the events, all the big events are always a facade to, you know, um, circumvent or... Uh, to pass some some kind of a deal. So whether it's mm-hmm. a wedding or any private party, cruise mm-hmm. party, that, that amazing episode from season two, it's always an excuse to uh, make sure that a deal goes underway. Exactly. So how, how long can you stretch that out? You don't want to make this uh, show... Honestly, like... if you look at it from the perspective of any other company, you mm-hmm. can stretch it out for a pretty long time, to be very <laughs> honest. You, you can. Yeah. The question is, Mm. how much impactful would the story have been mm. that is the bigger question because mm. creatively creatively you are creatively you are at the height of your powers mm-hmm. and it is always said that go out go out when you are at your peak go yeah. out when you know that the time is right mm-hmm. and i honestly think that jesse armstrong taking the choice to get out when the time is right at this point it just works because Mm. This is closure without actually attempting to close out anything. Mm. This is just closure by saying, 
all of these characters maybe they have understood something mm-hmm. but their character arcs are going to be so incremental because at the end of the day they're still mm-hmm. in that bubble they're mm-hmm. still in that bubble of wealth and privilege mm-hmm. still they're playing around in that playground yeah their their lust for power is so profound mm-hmm. that they don't understand anything mm-hmm. until they're too late Mm. because just imagine for a second if the death of your father the one mm. of the biggest crucibles of your life if the death of your father continues you what else is going to did you think that the entire uh, footage that they see of logan with uh, with everyone on the board around that uh, around that uh, board meeting uh, did you think that it was a bit too much <laughs> that <laughs> seemed like something Uh, that kind of. Armstrong was going for like, oh, this is the finale. We need to have one of these very touchy moments. So kind it of, was, yes. it was that moment. Obviously, I was very emotional watching that. But it was that one moment and the this another this other scene where Matson is like screaming off and shouting at everyone, "Let's go!" I think those two moments, I was like, he's like going at it. Like this is the finale. This is it. That's what he was going at. And I think it's I'm, just those two I'm moments. I'm just glad. I'm just glad that the finale didn't spend too much time on Matson or anything else. The finale mm-hmm. spent time on the siblings because at the end of the day, those three siblings were the most important people in the whole mm-hmm. family. And yeah. Connor, I'm sorry <laughs> that Connor. I'm sorry about Connor. <laughs> Again, one of actually one of the more underwhelming uh, aspects about this entire show, and especially this final season, has been of how irrelevant. I mean, I know. Anyone could say that was the no, point, but I, how irrelevant yeah. Connor's presidency felt. <laughs> Don't you think? No, but that was the whole point, right? Connor, yeah. Connor's presidency. But no, it was the whole also... point. But giving that entire subplot that amount of screen time in the final season that seemed irrelevant for me. And yeah, again, but again, I, yeah. but again, it also it also kind of because America decides that episode was kind of like a you know. A traumatic snapshot into the 2016 yeah. election. Mm. <laughs> in a way, in a way, Connor's Connor's presidency also felt like some felt like you know. What if Donald Trump failed? Mm. So it made sure that there's also worse players that could. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Yeah, which is funnier because yeah. because when Connor fails. Mm. He starts espousing rhetoric, which kind of sounds like something you would see in a YouTube comment section, which mm. is just okay, <laughs> man. And I know for from what I've seen, from most of what I've seen, people have been like going absolutely crazy behind uh, Kiran Kalkin's performance in this final season. But for me, it was for like without even flinching. For me, the uh, best performance throughout this entire season, like. Every episode that Sarah Snow was in, which is like obviously all the episodes, I think she deserves an Emmy for each episode. I think she was a fantastic. Her character arc, I think she was the central protagonist in this final season because uh, her character. I think her character, of course, her character didn't change that much because at the yeah. end of the day, whatever she did, she did mm-hmm. to further her own self. So mm-hmm. you know, her character didn't change that much. Yeah. But her character also exhibited, uh, you know, an ability to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. Something I don't think her two brothers ever showed that ability. Mm-hmm. Keeping secrets isn't exactly Kendall's forte, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean from the start of the second season. <laughs> and keeping secrets isn't his forte, mm-hmm. and keeping secrets isn't Roman's forte either. Mm-hmm. 
of course yeah blowing <laughs> yeah. up satellites and all do yes. you think now after finally having closed the gojo deal do you think matson would care to uh, correct his india numbers or are is it like still going to be to india i mean look at it from, i mean look <clears throat> at it from, i mean look at it from this perspective look at it from this perspective we have seen countless of mergers of streaming services and studios and everything else yeah we have heard lots of lots of faulty numbers and everything do you think they do you think they made any effort to change those numbers <laughs> nope <laughs> on that note uh, listeners yes. you can watch uh, succession on geo cinema so of course i'm not uh, yeah that's what i'll say and uh, whatever your thoughts are on the final season and the uh, final episode of succession let us guys know follow us on queen is dead and uh, you can follow amartya on amartya 25 yeah and uh, you can follow me if you want uh, on aryan talks films and uh, please listen share like and forward this episode to all your succession fans because uh, this is the only thing uh, that you would have from next monday to look forward to so i hope that uh, you guys unless you, a... unless you people are unless you people are fans of sam nevitas and you really want to see the weekend and you know lily rose kept <laughs> doing shit okay so, i actually am interested in that because i need to like balance out all this trauma after having watched berry and succession i mean to be fair i mean i mean let's be so, i mean let's be honest that that uh, show got a 14% on rotten tomatoes so i'm really not oh, that oh it premiered at kane right खत्म